The tide is quickly shifting again on that pandemic. Masks are back inside of federal buildings, and federal employees have a new vaccine policy from the White House. The Biden administration wants federal employees to show either proof of vaccination or face rigorous testing and social distancing. It's a big policy shift for the federal workforce. Here to walk us through it all is Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. All right, Nicole, what do we know about the latest policy? So, Tom, the policy that we have at this point is that federal employees must attest to being fully vaccinated or else they'll have to comply with testing requirements, masking requirements, social distancing, and there will be restrictions on their travel. And as far as I can tell from the guidance that has come out at this point, a test means signing a form essentially that indicates what their vaccination status is. I don't see anything in this guidance so far, and we we do have a little bit of guidance from the Safer Federal Workforce Task Force. I don't see anything on here that says they need to physically show a vaccination card or provide some kind of other proof about their vaccination status. I just see something about signing. However, this could change and we might get more details. Now, it gets a little complicated, though, because of the Biden administration's recently updated mask requirements. So if you are a fully vaccinated federal employee or on-site contractor, and I, I don't think I mentioned that yet, but this does apply to federal contractors, and you work in a area where transmission rates are substantial or high, you still need to wear a mask. You do not need to socially distance. You don't need to subject yourself to testing, but you do need to wear a mask if you're in one of these substantial or high transmission areas. In areas where COVID-19 transmission rates are low, vaccinated employees and contractors do not need to wear a mask. If you are not vaccinated, you need to wear a mask regardless of where you are. And of course, comply with weekly or twice weekly testing requirements. Sure. So the devil is in the details because a given area could change in a matter of days from one day to the next, whether it's high transmission or not. Did they give a reference point to where that data would come from? Yes, they are providing the link that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has out there, that map with the yellow, orange and red. That seems to be the the point there for deciding whether or not transmission rates in your area or are high or low. I will say the Department of Homeland Security in updating their mask requirements this week, Tom, they said, look, we want everyone to wear a mask indoors, regardless of vaccination status in all parts of the country. So there does seem to be some variance there when it comes to masking. I was going to say a lot of agencies, simply because of the conservative nature of agency management, might just simply go with a mask mandate period, because then you don't have to worry about what today's count is of COVID transmission. And Nicole, you and I have both spoken to legal experts. I spoke to Tully Rinke. You spoke to some others about the ramifications, because it's not going to go down quite that simply. I think that's true. However, I think there are more ways out of this policy than perhaps was initially described earlier this week. I say that again, because There are not many details about how you're going to have to attest to your vaccination status. If it is simply a form that says, I honestly, you know, I'm, you know, giving an honest assessment of my vaccination status and you don't have to submit your actual card. Well, you could lie. You could lie about your vaccination status, not encouraging that, but that is something you could do. Also, the guidance that we've gotten so far from the Safer Federal Workforce Task Force, they leave out a couple things here. We don't have timelines as to when employees will 
have to attest to their vaccination status. I don't see timelines for when agencies will need to set up testing protocols. We know they exist at some agencies, but not all. And I don't see details on what happens if you refuse to attest your va- to your vaccination status, if you refuse to comply with testing. I don't see any written consequences laid out in this guidance. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure we will get to that point, but I don't see it yet at this point at this particular moment. Because all of the other policies they've come out with from the White House have been very detailed, and they do cite chapter and verse of the U.S. Code, or prior presidential orders. In this case, I guess maybe they're still digging them out. And then, of course, there are union contracts. They might come into play, religious grounds for people not doing this, so we don't really know how that will play out. And the other question is then, if you say you're not vaccinated, does that automatically default to telework? So the telework question in my mind, is still an open one. So according to this guidance, it says federal employees, that this applies to federal employees and on-site contractors. I would imagine that federal employees are going to have to, all of them, are going to have to attest to their vaccination status at some point. Again, no timelines here. I think the testing requirements, if you're teleworking and you are not vaccinated and you say that you are not vaccinated, well, you're probably not going to be tested if you're still teleworking. And at this point, a lot of agencies are still teleworking. In the Safer Federal Workforce Task Force guidance, it says that prior guidance on telework and remote work still applies. So there are no changes here when it comes to that point. The Biden administration is not calling federal employees back to work at this point. They're simply putting out this kind of attestation guidance here when it comes to vaccinations. You brought up the unions, and I'll mention, you know, we have heard a little bit about what they're saying on this. They've been pretty quiet so far this week, but the American Federation of Government Employees says, look, we expect that we're going to bargain over the particulars of these new policies. And based on today's announcement, it's our understanding that under President Biden's proposal, the vast majority of federal employees would not have to be vaccinated as a condition of employment. Again, that goes back to the consequence piece that we were talking about earlier. So basically, then we've got some holes yet that they have to fill in some specifics. And I think that telework policy is going to be key to a lot of this. And then there are people that are vaccinated that are simply cautious that might want to say, well, I've been vaccinated. Here's my CDC card, but I really don't want to go back in because I'm worried and you probably have to accommodate those people also. Yes. And I will say just based on comments that I've gotten, some through email, some through social media in the lead up to this policy, it is really across the board. Some of the reactions that we're seeing, I've seen some people say, I do not want to come back to work unless I know that all of my colleagues are vaccinated. On the other hand, you know, in reaction, to uh, the story that we wrote the other day about, well, this isn't really a constitutional question here. You know, I received some comments. Well, I thought it was, you know, my body, my choice. I guess not. So it really is across the board. I think we're going to see a, a wide variety of reactions to this. Anything else we need to know, Nicole? So two quick things. One, the Biden administration wants the Defense Department to look into how and when it can make the COVID-19 vaccines a vaccine requirement for military members. So it sounds like more to come on that one. And then another thing we haven't mentioned yet, this also applies to visitors at federal buildings, which I think is interesting. The task force asks agencies to ask visitors to attest to their own vaccination status and provide information about their vaccination status. And if they are not vaccinated or they do not attest to their status, 
they're required to show proof of a negative COVID-19 test within three days of entering a building. And this could be a federal building or a federally produced conference or meeting where agencies are present. There's a big exception, though, Tom, and that is if you're entering a federal building to receive a benefit, this does not apply to you, but the mask policies do. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the President and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy. Um, with uh, six actual actual uh, afloat commands. Uh, the first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm I'm currently retired and enjoying life, and um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style, and how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin. And what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I, we'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it. Um, From Sea to the C-Suite, fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but... Uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, 
um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career, but really it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was, you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Um, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing, and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell C-Stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment. And it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon, uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons and in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from 
the Pentagon, they stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. Celebrate this holiday season by sending money to your loved ones with Western Union. As a new customer, you can enjoy a $0 transfer fee when you send money online. For fast and reliable money transfers, use Western Union. Visit westernunion.com or download our app today to get started and your first transfer fee is on us. Services offered by Western Union Financial Services, Inc., NMLS 906983, or Western Union International Services, LLC, NMLS 906985, FX Gain Supply. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.